Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. episode i think it's 143 but again yeah who knows that, that could be like 1143 it doesn't matter you don't you didn't come here for our math skills you came here to hear us talk movies i'm emily with me as always the one the only uh, christine Yay! Woo-hoo! Woo! uh it's another catch-up episode uh and we realized as we were pre-gaming the show that like we don't even know where we stop so it's gonna be wild folks uh, look, have I talked about it before? Probably. Am I going to talk about it again and say almost the same thing? Yeah, definitely. Is half of Christine's going to list be, did I talk about this? And me trying to remember if she did? Maybe. Find yes. out. Have a listen. <laughs> oh, no. Ah. Or, go, or leave now because <laughs> that's true. That's 100% what's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, what else you got doing? You know, what? It's, it's the weather is getting cold. You've your headphones are already on. If you want to change anything, you have to take your gloves off because we all know those um, smart gloves. They never work, right? Have, has, never. I've never even tried them because I just assumed they wouldn't. I always go like fingerless with the option to like throw a mitten over it. That's you know, that the better style. choice. Yeah, that is definitely the better choice. I agree. All right. So, Chris, because Christine has no rhyme or reason to her list, she's just going to start, and we're going to see what we got. So. Uh, tell me some of the things that you've been watching. Well, yes, I am excited to talk about some stuff, um, but I, I will skip as needed. I <laughs> Starting off big, did we talk about the new Suicide Squad movie? <laughs> uh, the, wait, I am so the, confused. When was the new, there's a new one? It Was that like well, a year ago or was that five no. years ago or what's going on? Well, well, there was Suicide Squad. Oh, this was... this James. This is the James Gunn Suicide yeah. Squad. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what time it is. I don't know what year it is. I don't know what's been going on in like the big universes of cinema. So no, no I, I don't it. believe we did. Um. Okay. Well, I hated it. So I wondered if you I would. Just... I haven't seen it. I never will. But I just wanted to say it out there. I don't okay. know if I had said it into into the universe recently. I and I love the first one. I am I am the person. I am the one person. Even though that movie made like a billion dollars, you found me. I liked it. 
Um, but I didn't like the new one, and I mm-hmm. didn't know if you had seen it, because I know sometimes you dabble. No, I, I, the only, on that side of the universe, the only real dabbling I did was Words of Prey, which was mostly because of you and because of some other friends that mm-hmm. spoke to me about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, the, so we have HBO Max now, and uh, Bran and my husband, who was, is like a big DC guy on the comics, but has had such a complicated relationship with the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and he hadn't watched any of them aside because after we both hated Man of Steel so much, he, he was done. But mm-hmm. because we have HBO Max, he's kind of like decided to go through and watch them all. But he can't, he like, he will watch them in 20 minute blocks because he finds them so painful, but he feels like he needs to do it. So my only experience has been walking by the TV when he's watching it. And that's, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I, I don't, I, this one wasn't for me. It seemed like the rest of the world liked it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Um, I saw F9. Did you see F9? <laughs> no, and I'm not going to lie. It took me a good two seconds to be like, that means something. I should know what that means. Yeah, That's well, because you like those movies. No, I do not like those movies. God damn it. When, when did this, this become my reputation? I do not care for the Fast and the Furious franchise. The only I thing I care about, my, Fast and the Furious franchise. because when you made me watch them. I did not. That was, I think that was Erica. <laughs> That was Erica. <laughs> Erica said, well, Fast and the Furious franchise is basically like the, the action movie equivalent of the Step Up franchise. And if you She's pair them together, wrong. they kind of work. And like, yes and no, really. Like, <laughs> more no than yes. But like, there's there's moments where they kind of tie in. It's like, if somebody says, play this album and watch this movie on mute and it'll happen. Like, sure. That, that's monkeys at keyboards typing. And every now and then something will happen where you're like, oh, yeah, that was kind of like Step Up. But no, I'm not, I'm not a big per- Fast person. Well, I didn't know if you had seen F9. I I gave it four stars. Wow. So apparently, I liked it when I saw it, but I don't remember a thing about it. So that's F4 for you. Uh, wow. Well, I, I don't right? know. I Did watched I it in right? August. So with all okay. due respect to me. <laughs> I was a different person back then. I was a different person. Was younger then. Um, but yeah, so those are two of the bigger, older ones mm. we haven't talked about. So um, I did mention this to you. Uh, we we've been we've been wild with the movies. I don't know why we've just been picking an actor and going with it. Nice. And I I think it's because I I I don't like a lot of the newer movies that are coming out. Fair. Yeah. I'm so with you. I've been I've been a little uh, about it. But um, we watched a movie called Once Upon a Crime, directed by <laughs> Eugene Levy. Okay, when you said that title, it really made me think of of like a Hallmark Christmas movie because that's the kind of thing they do, like just uh, it, turn a pun into a rhyme thingy thing. It's like a it's like a really it's a comedic murder mystery, which apparently is a hundred percent my shit. I love it so much. Well, it's so and, Eugene, when is this from? Um, ninety two. Okay, okay. It's John Candy, Jim Belushi, Sybil <gasps> Shepard, Sean Young. Nice. Richard Lewis. Um, it was amazing. I recommend this highly to anybody. Like, uh, this is a real recommend. It sounds delightful. It's funny and fun. And I gave it three stars. It's, it's, it, so it's not as good... fun as F9. Well, F9 is probably hot people in F9. I and while I, for some reason, like Jim Belushi, I don't understand why. It's like your Ray Liotta thing. <laughs> I get it. No, I think yeah, all right, I'll, I'll accept it. But I liked it. It's a fun example of that type of movie, of a, like okay. a comedic murder mystery. Along those lines, I watched one of those on Hulu. Uh, I wonder, I feel like you might have talked about it, maybe. it's a very. I feel like it's a very a movie that you would have watched. Most Likely to Murder? No? 
Shit, that sounds familiar. It's, uh, I think, is it Adam Pally? Is that his name? He was on the Mindy Project. <gasps> I love you most likely to murder. It's fun. Yeah, it's it's very fun. I wish, I, I turned it on thinking it was going to be more of a horror movie. Like, I knew it was a comedy, but I thought it was like a straight horror, not a straight horror comedy, but like a horror comedy. And it really very quickly, it's like, oh, no, 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 this is just, this is a comedy with, like, more mystery elements than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't what I was looking for when I turned it on, but it's, it's very good. It's, everybody in it's very good. It's a great cast. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I definitely, I, that, that title, though, it really didn't guide me to what the movie was. Well, every time I had heard people talk about it, I kept thinking there's, um, oh, there was, like, a Netflix horror slasher with Britney from Glee called yes. yeah what was it called like most likely to die was that it? like it was I, a similar thing yeah I tried to watch it, it I got yeah. like 15 minutes into it and I didn't like it but yeah I can they're easily interchangeable yes, titles right. but this is definitely the <clears throat> superior of the most likely to movies I, I agree I liked it a lot um comedic murder mystery uh watched death trap which I maintain is one of the most perfect scripts ever written. That, you know, I had that recorded on TCM on my old TV for like five years and I never got around to it. Yeah, it's good. This is the second time I've seen it. Zach had never seen it. And like, I do really like a murder mystery. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, yeah. There's something really satisfying about it. Even when they're not good, they can be good. But this one, it's it's based on a play. I'm not making that up. Um, <laughs> I had to think for a second. But like the... <laughs> This, the filming script is is really tight and really good, and Michael Caine's really good in it, and Christopher Reeve, like, it's one of the first times I saw Christopher Reeve, and I went, oh, I, I get this. Yeah, definitely. I, I get him. Yep. <laughs> but it's it's great. It's I think it's old as I am. Yeah, it's as old as us. But it's... <laughs> Tale as old it's, as time. But it's still... If, I mean, maybe this is the old lady in me talking, but, like, it still really hits. It feels modern and fresh. Yeah. And it's tight, tight writing. I don't know. If anybody gets a chance, no, I that. think that, to me, is one of those genres that, like, is tight. Like, because you can pull up a mystery, a good mystery from the 50s, from the 40s, yep. and it is pure storytelling. So if the mystery is there, sure, you might today say, oh, it, it would all be over in five minutes if they had cell phones. But that you take the technology out and the story is going to work in any era. For real. And this one really does. And I, I, I people are so anti-remake, but this is the type of thing that mm. you could do a really fun, modernized version of. Sure. I don't know. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Snake Eyes. G.I. Joe Origins. Snake Eyes. Every time I think, I'm like, oh, that was the that's the one with the really long opening shot. Gary Sneaks is the bad guy. Nope, not that Snake Eyes. Well, I love that Snake Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, apparently, I really... I really liked this movie. I gave it four and a half stars. Um, these are all very, like, vibey ratings, like, where I'm at right after I've watched sure. it. Sure. But I will say I continue to think about this movie. Well, and I feel my... like that's the kind of movie that is designed for that. Like, F9 and a G.I. Joe movie aren't necessarily made to make you think about them a week later. Like, they're made to entertain you for the two hours you're watching them. And I'll say Snake Eyes was less forgettable and did a better job than F9. Um, I really liked this movie. It seems like people didn't. And it, when I first rated it, it had, like, a ton of bad ratings everywhere. Yeah. But, like, it's – and I said it's like G.I. Joe John Wick. Like, the lead dude oh. is so hot and so cool, and it's filmed really cool, and it and it's really exciting, and I don't care about G.I. Joe, like, at all. Right. 
but I was fully in it. I really liked it, and I would I would rewatch it. I think nice. Zach might have just bought the 4K. <laughs> oh, what nerds we are! <laughs> you fancy people. But yes, if if I I can't I can recommend it as like a fun action movie if you want to see Do people get. Do I need to know. have seen the other two? Were there no. two? Okay, good because I have watched any of them. I had no intention Absolutely to, not. but I, no, I trust you, you on this one. So you shouldn't watch any of them. I've been, I've been, um, I keep I keep like craving good dumb action movies, and I can't find any I, readily available. I recommend Snake Eyes. All right. I think it's I think it was good. Nice. Good dumb action movies. I wonder if I have a couple more on here. Um, so. You know what wasn't good? Beckett. It's um. It was a movie that was on Netflix that like everybody talked about for a minute and then everyone stopped talking about, which, you know, is the way it goes these days, right? Very much, but I beck it. Beck it. It's uh, John David Washington. Is that his name? Let me look. Yes, I was right. John David Washington. Um, it's it's a while vacationing in Greece, Beckett becomes a target of a manhunt. Um, I wanted it to be good. It was like an intrigue, mystery, like. D- government diplomacy movie whatever okay. but i was like eh, this is kind of boring eh, that's no fun um, um this is what this is what this is going to be a theme of 2021 movies that i went <laughs> similar in the uh everybody was talking about it for five minutes and then it went away i finally got around to gunpowder milkshake um well, that one was eh, too, right? It was, yeah. No, granted, I haven't even seen John Wick, so but I knew watching it, like, oh, I think this is basically John Wick. Um, it, like the thing is, you're watching this movie, you're like, with this cast, with this motherfucking I cast, know. this should be the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life, and it's it's not bad, but it's just very. I don't, it it feels like it was made off of an aesthetic. I think that's part of it. Like it's mm-hmm. so stylized to where. It, you can make a movie that is, um, like, I'm trying to think of an example, where, like, okay, everything is at an 11 and a little crooked, like, and that's the style we're going for. Everybody talks a little bit like they're in the 50s and this and that, but you have to do it really well. Otherwise, it's just kind of silly. Like, yeah. why are they acting like it's a library? Why is everybody dressed like they're in a 50s movie with gem tones? Like, it just, it it didn't really work for me. I will say, and I, I think it's very unfair for me to group these three movies together, but Gunpowder Milkshake, Kate, and Jolt are okay. all female-led action mm-hmm. movies that came out this year and have a similar color palette. I'm sure if somebody decided to argue with me about this, that they would be right. I don't care that much right now. But um, I, Jolt, for my money, is the best. And that's the I, one I have heard the least about. Um, that's the K- Kate Beckinsale Yeah, Kate Beckinsale. Movie? Yep. And I believe it is <gasps> Ooh, a meditation. that's the one with Stanley Tucci and Bobby Cannavale. Where have I been my whole life? Fully, fully the best one. Okay. You 100% watch it. It, to me, is a meditation on female rage. I think it's amazing. Oh, right. I think Kate Beckinsale is a revelation. I do not understand why she seems to be so flat in things sometimes. Because she's, she's good. Yeah, she is a fascinating actress in that way. She is either, like, an A or a C- minus in anything I, she does. Like, it's so... She's one of those actors where, like... If you don't know how, I don't, and I don't know yep. if it's how much of it is like a director not tapping into what she's really good at. And like, it's hard to even know because she can do period like drama and comedy well. She can do action really well. Mm-hmm. But both of those styles sometimes just plop and are duds. And I, I don't know what it is about her. I, I honestly, because she's, I think she's great. 
I really do. Yeah. I think she can be really good. But I recently watched um, Serendipity, and I just wanted to hurl myself out a window the entire movie. <laughs> I have and never I seen that I, movie because I, I remember I watched the preview for it. I remember when it came out, and I was like. And especially at the time, I was probably like pretty jaded about romantic comedies. But the preview for that movie and knowing what the concept was made me so angry. <laughs> like, no, no, people don't act like this. And if they do, they should be murdered. And so yeah, I've never it's seen not that. good. Okay. Um, but but she, I think she just really needs to be directed properly. Yeah. Um, um, <clears throat> so watch that if it, if you can find it or you get around to it. I think if that mm-hmm. if you need to scratch an itch, it might scratch oh, that I'm itch. Gonna, I'm going to go for it. Um, I finally saw Zola. Okay. I haven't watched Zola because when it came out and everybody was talking about it as if I was supposed to know this thing that it was based on and, and it, mm-hmm. every, reading everything about it was like, I'm so old. This makes me feel so old. I don't think this is for me, but is it for me? You tell me. Definitely. Okay. It's a great, it's, I thought it was great. I thought it was great storytelling. I thought it was really well acted. I really like Riley Keough. Um, she is great. That, um, I, I, if I say a name wrong today, just tell me I am because every word that comes out of my mouth. I don't know if that's said, but I don't know. It Elvis feels wrong. I Everything I say feels wrong. I'm like, wait, is that <laughs> right? Um, very tired. Uh, I liked it a lot. I think that there's a there's a great potential for you to enjoy it because it is a well acted, good movie. Um, it is what it's about. It's about sure, like two two strippers i guess going down to florida and all the stuff that happens I, it, it's it's i thought it was very well done okay i don't know do i, I need to know anything about it before i go in or will the movie like teach me stuff absolutely not okay, it was good. just a twitter thread you don't need to if you didn't read the twitter thread that's why you see the movie because it's the oh, story from the twitter thread. okay okay i can handle that <laughs> Yeah, definitely. It, I, again, I could see why somebody would be like, this is pretentious. I don't want to watch it. But it is still a female-led film mm-hmm. that's very interesting. Nice. So um, I I watched The Associate, which is a Whoopi Goldberg movie where she pretends to be her own white male boss or that's, partner. Sounds like it could be amazing. Is it's it? fantastic. When is it from? That's vaguely – is it like a 90s movie? 96. Oh. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of 90s movies. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Huh. Was this a, like readily available or this was a... I think, I think we had to rent it because okay. we've been we've been doing, like I said, actor pushes and this sure. was in the Whoopi one. In the Whoopi and land. plus I've, like, I've been doing a lot of lady business movies. Hmm. I love a good lady business movie. I have another one coming <gasps> up. Tell me about it. I'm adding the associate um, to my list. Working Girl, which I had never seen. <gasps> Still never seen Working Girl. It was it was really good. Yeah, it I, it's insane that I have never seen Working Girl, but I just have not. I think you would like it a lot. Me too. It's, Melanie Griffith is, you know, fantastic. I don't and know. I feel like every so often people are like, "Yeah, she's great," right? And then rest of the time sleeping on her. Now, have you watched Working Girls yet? No. By Lizzie Wait. Borden. No. You need to. I know. I feel like I say this once a year. Uh, that is Lizzie Borden, who did uh, Born into Flames, um, feminist, lesbian filmmaker, really underground, awesome, awesome person. Uh, Working Girls is about sex workers in the late 80s in New York. And like they just go to work one day and it's in this like, looks like it's like a business office, but it's also where their clients are coming. And it's just like a day in the mm-hmm. life. It is so good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Noted. Added to my list. 
good. <clears throat> I liked Working Girl, though. Harrison okay. Ford. Who doesn't like Harrison Ford? Who, do, who right? doesn't like um, This is a 2021 movie I actually liked. It's Vacation Friends. It's the John Cena. I that... did not hear good things about those. This is on I Hulu, thought it was I think, right? You found it funny? Yes. Okay. I thought it was great. I gave it four stars. I don't know. Nice. No, that's comforting to hear because I hadn't heard anything positive about it, but we we tend to laugh at the same things. Yeah, that sweet little girl from Search Party is in it, um, which is a show that Jason maybe yes, watched. watched. Like and, and it's so good. I, I know when people suggest, there are people I trust, and yeah. I know when people suggest things to me, they're probably right. And this was mm-hmm. one of them. It just took me forever to get to it. Nice, nice. Um, I thought Vacation Friends was funny. Uh, on the same lines of Took Me Forever to Get to It on Hulu comedy, we finally watched Bill and Ted Face the Music. Really sweet, right? It's very sweet, yeah. Uh, to me, I didn't laugh as much as I wanted to. Like, I just didn't find it as funny as... I mean, I, I still think Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is one of the greatest, funniest comedies of all time. I love mm-hmm. that movie. This, to me, never reached those, like, comedic beats, but it was a delight. It was sweet. Everybody in it was just great. And and clearly, everybody in that movie was having fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, they... Like, Brandon could not get over how... Uh, Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves just were, like, without any, like, pause at all. It was like, they're Bill and Ted again. Like, there's nothing awkward about it. Like, this is exactly who Bill and Ted would be 20 years later. Yeah. It's it's really heartwarming. Yeah, it is. Oh, it's very sweet. Very sweet. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. I would watch that again. I thought I liked it enough to be like, oh, it might Mm -hmm. be time to revisit that already. Um, So... I'm not doing a li- t- like top movies of 2021 list or whatever. This is probably my favorite movie of the year, though. And that would be The Green Knight. I, you know, when that came out, because it was coming out like only in theaters, I knew yeah. I'm like, eh, I'll get to it at some point. Um, and then I didn't hear much. And now since it's, I guess, now back um, or rentable where more people are finding it, and the more I hear about it, the more I'm like, I really need to see this movie. Yes. Nice. Um, I think you do. Yeah, it's I, I, I would I would recommend it wholeheartedly to you. I was trying to think if you wouldn't like it, but I think you would. So it's it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like like everything that everybody said is it's it's true. Um, I thought I would be like I'm not gonna like this. This is like this is you're a not a big I'm... fantasy person. Like a fantasy has to work hard for you. I think that's that's the thing. And I think this is a theme. This is something that I've been saying. But like. I sometimes classify things as like dude movies and I know mm. that that's problematic and I know that that's not right. And we, we are, we are a full spectrum of people and we, we embody many things, but there are just <laughs> some movies where I will sure. go like, Oh, this is going to have so much masculine energy that I'm going to be put off by it. Yeah. And I think that that's what I thought about the green Knight, but, and I was right, but that it's like a, it's like a, a very masculine fairy tale. Mm. But like in the best way, like it's so good. Yeah. I we we just bought that on like a early Black Friday sale, and nice. I'm, I can't wait to rewatch it. Nice, yeah. I'm I'm gonna see it. I think I'll probably wait till it's streaming. So I'm sure it will come to Amazon or something soon. Um, but I am I'm looking forward to like that watching that with like a cup of tea one night. 
it's I think I think you'll I think you'll like it. I mm. mean, it's very like meditative and very like. Yeah. Mm, but like, if you're ready to sit down and watch that, yeah. And that's another thing on that. It sounds like a movie that I'm not going to be able to do like my usual like oh, I'll start it one morning and then I'll finish it the next morning. Like this sounds like an evening turn the lights out movie. I I would say you would do your dis- self a yeah, disservice if you split it up. Yep, that's that's what I figured. Yeah. Um. So now we're into we're into all the horror movies we already Woo-hoo! talked about, which is great. Uh, skip all those. <laughs> um, but I don't. I watched the whole the Joe Dante one. What did you think? I've never seen that one. It's been it's, on my list. Is it good? It's it's weird. It's definitely a Joe Dante movie, and okay. it's definitely like for kids. But it's really strange. I think you should watch it. The, okay. It's a, you know what? Honestly, it, it has stuff in it you would like. I just thought of a couple things. Okay. On that note, a um, horror film that's clearly aimed at a like teenage audience that I have to believe you've already seen it and you probably talked about it here. But if you haven't, we, we watched this movie. It ended. And I turned to Brandon and, and we're like, we're both talking about it. And we're both like, I liked it more than he did. But I, but he even said to me, he's like, this. He's like, Christina's seen this, right? This was such a Christine movie. Down a dark hall. No. Oh, Christine. <laughs> based, I don't even know what that is. Based on a novel by Lois Duncan. No. Okay, I'm literally writing it down right yeah. now because I'm going to forget this. Okay, okay. Write it down, write it down. It is on, okay. I think, HBO Max is where we watched it. Uh, Uma Thurman is running a, like, gothic school for girls, but it's only, like, five teenage girls, and they're all, like, kids with, like, behavioral problems. And Whoa. one of them is Isabel Furman from Orphan. Yep. And one of them, like, they're all, like, you recognize all of them from something or another. They're all very good. Uh, and it, I'm not going to give it away, but, like, something is clearly wrong there. There's a reason these girls are there, and they're all, like very quickly tapping into these talents they didn't know they had. Like, the one girl suddenly can compose music, and the other one can write poetry, and the other one can paint, and they never could before. And it is really good. Um, it is very much like that perfect YA uh, ghost film. Oh. Like, no, in a good way. Good. In, a, in, like, no. such a good way. Um, I, it is, what year is it from? Oh, uh, maybe, like, ten years ago or so. It, it's... Um, Uma Thurman's doing this like really, really intense French accent. Um, down a dark. It's directed by the guy who did um, uh, Buried, oh, the Ryan Reynolds okay. Buried movie, 2018. Yeah. So it's more recent than I thought. It's PG-13, and like it feels like it's PG-13 in like the best way because it's that exact type of ghost, like slumber party horror film. It, I really dug it. It has it, it has a concept that I don't think I've ever quite seen done. Like. It is a, like, when you, like, realize what's going on, you're like, oh, this makes perfect sense. This is a really great story. Like, why haven't more people done this story? Because it makes so much sense. Oh, yeah, you have to, you have to watch it. I, okay. I really think it's meant for you. All right, I'll look at it. I okay. Think, when you said Uma Thurman, the name didn't jog anything, but when you said Uma, Uma Thurman and, like, what it kind of, the setting kind of was, mm-hmm. I think, because we have HBO as well, I think we may have clicked past it and kind of bailed. Yeah. Because if, if memory serves, perhaps the synopsis makes me think it could be either very good or very bad. Oh, yeah. This didn't <laughs> look like anything to me. Like, I, I mean, I must have heard of it when it came out. Um, but it's one of those things that, like, I would have flipped past. And Brandon happened to, like, make a list of, of things that he saw on HBO Max that he thought would be interesting. And I looked at it, and I'm like, ah. And then I looked at the cast, I'm like, oh, Isabel Furman. I'll, I'll watch anything that she's yeah. in, because I think she's great. Uh, <laughs> and then, then I'm like, oh, okay, it's, uh, it's Rodrigo Cortez, who can, ma- who can make a movie. And I'm like, oh, 
wait a minute, Lois Dunk, this could be something. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's not surprisingly a 5.1 on IMDb because a bunch of dude bros probably watched it and were pissed off that it's PG-13 and they don't see boobs. Um, <laughs> but it is, it is very much your energy. I really want you to watch this Yay. movie. Okay. I will. I, I will. Okay. I, I have written it down, so Good. I will not forget. Um, I have something that I think you should watch. Ooh. The Slumber Party Massacre remake. Oh, you know, it's so funny because that like and I have the sci-fi channel. I saw that advertised. I'm like, uh, you know, and I know why it's not even that movie's fault. It's because right before that, they showed an advertisement for the Day of the Dead miniseries they're doing or whatever it is. And it looks so bad to where it was like making Second Amendment jokes and just like everything about it. I was like, oh, so then when I saw they were doing that, I'm like, oh, is this a thing now sci-fi is doing? They just bought up a whole bunch of rights and they're just pooping out movies. But after that, I heard a lot of people talk highly about that Slumber Party remake. It, it was really funny and clever. <clears throat> okay. I, I remember on, on this show, I talked about, I think last year, I watched the Banana Splits movie. It's oh, a yeah. horror movie. Yeah. It's the same woman who directed that. Oh, neat. And and she's she is good. I cool. thought that that was good. And then this is good. And there's funny gags, like... Like uh, this one, the two of the male characters are named Guy. It's Guy One and Guy Two. <laughs> like how you would label like girl, right, one right, and girl right, two. Like, brunette, and, and blonde. I thought, I thought like it was. It's a funny co- commentary on how disposable we find yep. women in in these kinds of movies. Nice. Um, and it was exactly what I wanted it to be. It started, and I said, huh, "Wouldn't it be funny if it blah blah blah?" And then that's what it did, and I was like, "Oh, this is perfect." Nice. Okay, I, I will get to it. Good. I think you should. Um, I just want to say again, for anybody who's not watched The Dead Don't Die, you should watch it. It's a phenomenal movie. This is, I think, my fourth time watching it. (laughs) It is my favorite Adam Driver movie, hands down. It is, it's a comfort movie. It's sad and funny and hopeful and hopeless (gasps) all at the same time. I think it's an apocalypse movie. It's great. Okay, wait a minute. If you're talking about your favorite Adam Driver movie, that means you have probably not watched yet watched the glory that is Annette. I have not seen Annette, and I'm oh, not God. going to watch Annette. Why not? Oh, what if I say in the next episode we have to do Annette? <gasps> you wouldn't, would I would you? do that to you. I want you to, I don't, I, so, ah, uh, man, people out there, Annette is the musical starring Adam Driver and uh, Marion Cotillard and a puppet baby, and I love the puppet yeah. baby. And it is two and a half hours long, which is a, a bit too long. But I'm watching this movie, and I started watching it at the gym, and it starts, and I'm like, oh, oh, oh. And I knew it was a musical. I love musicals. But it was like, oh, we're we're straight to the camera talking about being a musical. Okay. This movie is so fucking weird. It is, to me, the like, if I had to compare it to anything, it's Tommy, which is a oh, musical I adaptation Tommy. I love. It's that kind of energy. Like, it is... Um, it is weird. It is so weird, but it makes like after a certain point, you buy into it. You're like, no, this had this had to be done this way. Like this has to be a musical. It makes sense for like a puppet makes sense. Um, he, I mean, he he does not phone in anything. He is great. He goes for it. He, um, he, he gets to go to a lot of different places. I and by the end of it, I was like, I think I really love this movie. But at the same time, I'm going to read any review that savages it and kind of be like, Yeah, I get it. I don't know. I, I want you to watch it. You should watch it. I'm I'm worried that my jaw will break from cringing. <laughs> it might. <laughs> yeah, I'm real worried. I get secondhand embarrassment really easy sometimes. Oh, like there's. <laughs> I mean, it like to me, this wasn't even that big of a deal just because I've seen some weird musicals, but like. 
there is a scene where he's singing in between cunnilingus. Like it's oh, that kind of movie. It's it's amazing. I, I am on Adam Driver's stand Twitter. They did not like this movie at all. <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't mean anything because they don't like any movie that's good. Right. They don't. Well, maybe House of Gucci, they will. Well, yeah, they don't like stuff that's... When he does weird stuff, they don't like it. But, like, that's that's not what I'm basing my feelings on. I'm just... I don't... You know, I don't really love musicals. Mm -hmm. I, You know, I just revealed that I don't like to be secondhand embarrassed. (laughs) Look, on one hand, everything about this movie is is not made for you, but it also kind of is. I know. uh, You're not the first person that said, please trust me, you should watch this. (sighs) Yeah. Um, but, like, I think I would have to watch it alone. I don't think Zach's going to watch it. it. And it's a hard one to, like, agree to put anybody through also. <laughs> no, I think he would. Un- unforgivable, yeah. I think. Yeah, possibly. On a scale, okay, knowing me, on, like, a scale of 1 to 10, how hot is Adam Driver? <laughs> oh, he's a 10 in this. Fuck! Like, I don't want to watch it Because, now. like, oh, man, he's, like, he's a stand-up comic who has demons. Like, but you get to, here's the thing about this movie that I, that I thought was, like, really genius of it. There is a thing that Adam Driver has that very, very few actors have. And it is this, like, aside from being a skilled actor who under who, who knows the craft and knows what to do, he is so magnetic to watch. And there is a scene early on where you see him as the successful stand-up, stand-up comic. And, like, he comes out on stage and he's just wearing, like, boxing trunks and a robe. And it's him doing, it's it's kind of surreal, it's kind of abstract, but at the same time, like, you know, he's, he's like, sing talking it as he's doing it. There's a crowd, they're laughing with him, they're not. And watching that, you're like, oh, this is like a, um, how do I say it? It's a representation of how Adam Driver is a magnetic presence. Mm. And in real life, like, this wouldn't be his stand-up comedy act. It would be like this, but with more jokes and with more punchlines and this. Like, but this movie has taken a representation of, here's how we're going to convey to you the type of celebrity he is. And watching it, you're like, oh, nobody else could could be doing this part right now. Which I always think is something really special about what he can do as an actor. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, okay. do it. I don't know. I, it's gonna be a. It's gonna be hard. No, maybe, and you might hate it. You might hate it, but I, I feel like you I need know. to watch it. I might hate it. Yeah, I might hate it. <laughs> I am really looking forward. I will say this about that. I'm really looking forward to watching the last duel. Um, oh yeah, I, me too. I, I, the the things that people who I trust have been saying about it makes me think I had completely written it off. I was like, I'm never watching yep. this. There's nothing here for me. And now all of a sudden, like the reviews I'm seeing are like, no, this is actually you know, a cutting take yeah. on a male's perspective of rape. And I'm like, oh, what? So that I think is on video soon. Probably. Video. Yeah. It'll probably come oh. on demand. And then if it gets Oscar, but which it will likely get Oscar buzz. Yeah. I don't know for, I think that it seems like the Oscar is going to be Ben Affleck is the likely Oscar nominee from that movie. Yeah. Um, but it will, it will be around. And then I think we'll be, I'm not going to pay for that one. I'm going to wait for it to come to streaming. Yeah, I think I'm willing to pay for it because yeah. I'm very intrigued. And so, and and I don't, I don't, I don't hate the time period. Like I kind of can get into a movie set in that, in that time. And I'm, I don't know. So I'll watch that. And then House of Gucci is another yeah. one that I'm very excited for. And I hope you are too. I am. I'm like, I, I didn't, I wasn't until I started seeing the many jokes and just impressions. I'm like, wait, what? Oh, oh, this is amazing. I cannot wait for the fabulousness of this. Like, I think 
I think that people didn't understand. I think if you don't understand who Lady Gaga is, you don't understand what she's doing. Mm. And there was a lot of like, when the first trailer hit, people were like, I cannot believe this is this movie. Whereas I'm like, oh, thank God that this is yeah. this movie. I, I had a feeling what she would do. But then I was like, but is the movie going to let her do this? Right, right, right. <laughs> but, but she's like, awful accent, chewing on scenery, being like, like a hyper super villain in it. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm here. I'm here for, I'm here for shoulder pads. Bring it on. I, I like it a lot. So I'm excited to watch that. Yeah, same. <laughs> that's my that's my uh, upcoming Adam Driver movie recap. <laughs> do, 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 do. That's the noise I make. Um, <laughs> back to back to my list. Uh, just I rewatched Land of the Dead. I don't need to say anything about nice. it. Nice movie. It really um, is. It's the most underrated of the Romero films. Still, mm-hmm. still works. Still relevant. Really still... does. Really does. And I this this time more than any other time I was angry about yeah. them coming for the zombies i was like you leave them alone <laughs> they are minding their own business yeah let them be but um i i love that movie it's so good um have you watched countdown i think that's the one with the girl from you yes yes i liked it okay i think so i watched I was... it because you recommended it didn't you yes thank okay. you um i saw it in the theater and i was like yep I head over heels for it i really um, enjoyed it it's dumb but it knows it's dumb and it's just a good time it's just what it's doing yeah. so i i rewatched it recently during october and i was like this mo- this is still a good movie i don't know what i thought was gonna happen but i wrote an article about it i wrote an essay ah. about it and that should be live in the next couple of weeks so i'll okay, put it out there it. Definitely. But I'm hoping that it will make more people check it out because I don't understand why. Well, I, the, the essay is literally me discussing the potential reasons why. Mm-hmm. And you kind of touched on it when you were talking about PG-13 I believe, yeah, female horror. Yeah. Like, I I don't want to be that person because when I looked at the peek behind the curtain, when I looked at the Rotten Tomatoes, it has a terrible Rotten Tomatoes score. Sure. And when I looked at the reviews, a lot of them were from women. And a lot of them were from women that I follow hmm. on Twitter. So I'm not saying that, like, if you don't like this movie, then you're a bad feminist or women should by default like this movie. That's not what I'm saying. I just think that our expectations as just horror consumers aren't often in a place that allows us to fully embrace these kinds of movies. I know what you mean. It's and it's maybe and you know, the whole thing, like, maybe it's not for you. Yep. Like. Hey, you know, forty-year-old woman. No, no, no. Maybe this movie's not for you. You have to understand. Um, and this is—I know now you're talking about female critics, but it's always been very true of white male critics, which is most mm-hmm. of what the audiences were of. And I don't I mean not to pontificate on uh, white men of a certain age, but they don't see. Here's the thing: culture has always been made for them, so yeah. it's very hard for them to understand when something isn't for them. If it's not for them, it must be bad. It's very true, and I will talk about this. This is Zach's probably so tired of hearing about it, but I feel this way about Countdown. They they mm-hmm. talked about it when A Wrinkle in Time came out. Yeah, a movie that is fine. And if I was a kid, I probably would have really liked. But it got eviscerated by these people that it wasn't for. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't you write a review that's like, I found this to be da 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 da, but I can totally see how da 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 would work. Yeah. Like. Why can't you just write an unbiased review? But no, if you didn't like it and it didn't speak to your 39-year-old soul, it's bad? Mm. I don't get that. 
It's it's to me it's a huge problem in film criticism. Like it's why I don't trust a lot of stuff. Same. Yeah. No, I mean I I listen to the podcast that of people whose opinions I respect. Um in a way as much as I know like look, it's sad <laughs> that film criticism on a national basis isn't what it used to be where you can't really make a living as a film critic. Yeah. Um that's sad because yeah, I was I mean, I my life I wanted to be Roger Ebert when I grew up. You can't really do that these days. You can't make a living that way. You have to do a whole lot of other things in addition to that. But there's another side to that that's kind of good because there shouldn't be five voices kind of determining sure. if something is good or not. Because, you know, the what do they all have in common? They're not me. <laughs> they don't represent but me. It, that's completely true. But counterpoint, I would rather have five intelligent, learned, studied, balanced voices than than a hundred bias ones sure and that's sometimes what i feel like we have because while while like ebert wasn't the end-all be-all and obviously i disagreed still sometimes there would be opinions on like lowbrow stuff or like garbage stuff that he'd be like no i like this this is good and here's why i don't feel like we have i feel like a lot of the most elevated voices or outlets because let's face it usually it's a website or or something as opposed to like an individual person. But a lot of it, you can kind of, it's, you know what people are going to think or going to say before it even happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just this, our, our hyper nostalgia uh, society. It's what we're doing now. Ghostbusters. (laughs) I'm sorry. What, what, what about what? I'm not familiar with this movie you're talking about. I do not want to see that. Oh, I'm just, just, I'm pretending it doesn't exist. Plain and simple. Like why? No, exactly. No. Ugh. no, thank you. If I want to see Finn Wolfhard in something, I'll watch the turning again. Another movie everybody hates. Um, <laughs> I rewatched all the Paranormal Activity movies. Oh, okay. In uh, anticipation or preparation for whatever the new one is. Absolutely, yes. Okay. Um, I will say, what what can be gained from rewatching a series of movies you've watched multiple times? Um, I used to not like the first one. I used to think the first one was was kind of boring, um, a little trite. Uh, not it didn't work for me when I saw it in the theater when it came out, mm. and every on subsequent rewatches, it was it was just kind of there, like okay. it hit these beats. This is the first time I actually liked it. Mm. It's okay. it's wild. I didn't realize that the the movie, and after I tweeted this, people were like, "Yeah," but I didn't realize the movie itself didn't like Mika, the mm. male counterpart. Yeah, I know what you mean. I didn't I didn't realize that the movie was like this guy sucks. This guy is part of Katie's problems. This guy is part of the reason this is happening. I didn't realize that the movie knew that. Yeah, I remember because I honestly, I think I've only seen it once. I think I've only seen it when I saw it in the theater. And then since then, because so many of the elements of that one play into the others, I feel like it's yeah. always, it's more familiar than a movie I've only seen one time. Yeah. Um, and I remember in part that was like one of the things I did. What was my problem with the first two movies was that there were a lot of characters I didn't like and they were, and not like, Oh, I didn't like them. So I can get like, no, like I actively didn't like this person. So I didn't really care if things happened. And with that one, I remember, I always remember like, I agree, like not knowing if the movie agreed with me that he was part of the problem Mm -hmm. because if, yeah, if he wasn't there, none of this shit would have gone down. Yeah. And I think, and this is a terrible thing to say, but so this movie came out in 2007 um, par- the original Paranormal Activity. I 
sadly didn't clock a lot of his behaviors as yeah. like abusive and toxic. Sure. I was just like, guys, right? Because that's <laughs> how I've been treated. <laughs> like Katie's doing nothing wrong. At one point she's like making jewelry and he's like pointing a camera in her face, yelling at her. Yeah. And I'm like, leave her a fucking loan. She's not doing anything. <laughs> Poor Katie. But I, I so I, I actually appreciated the first one. So that really set the tone for the rewatch. Okay. I still think the second one is a little underwhelming. Same. Yeah. Um, the third one is a fucking masterpiece. Love the third one. The third the third one is is phenomenal yep. and only gets better when you watch it. More and more and more. You see things and notice things and the way the movies intertwine are really interesting. Um and then I don't understand why people don't like the fourth one. Agreed. It's I've only seen it once, but I remember really liking that one. I think it and I again I think I think I mean not to repeat ourselves, but I feel like the fourth one also, because it's about younger characters, mm-hmm. it played to some people as being more PG-13 and all of that and you know that just an automatic turnoff when the lead is a teenage girl who isn't going to show her boobs it's a different I, kind of audience or different kind of movie it's confounding to yeah. me because and, and so what's so funny about this too is I mean I watched PA4 around when it came out I was kind of keeping up with these and I was like this girl is Perfect, uh-huh. amazing, wonderful. Look at her. What is she doing? This is a this is a gold star performance. Who is she? And now she's fucking she's in everything. Newton, yeah, and she's in everything. So I was right. Uh-huh. We were right. Yep. Everyone else was wrong. <laughs> but I I so I rewatched it and I, I'm so sometimes I'll watch things that I know other people don't like and I'll be like, so is this the time that like it doesn't work on me? No, it's still good, intense, and she's so likable. Yep. Um, and I love her relationship with her best friend, her, mm-hmm. her male best friend. It's very believable. Like, they're, like, weird, awkward flirtations. Well, and they feel like teenagers. Like, it just, yeah. it feels genuine, which a lot of horror movies don't. Yes. And then I I hate, well, I, well, the marked ones, which is number five, I think is phenomenal, too. I don't know why people don't like that. And I can't be like, oh, Mexican people, right? But is it really that? Is it really I, I that? I only saw it once and I didn't like it. I don't remember I, why, but I didn't like that one. I would be surprised if you were ever compelled to go back yeah. through them or that one. Yep. I would be surprised to see if it changed because I rated that one four stars right alongside PA4. Hmm, interesting. Like, I think that one's good. Um, but then Ghost Dimension is just is worse good. than I remember. Yeah, yeah. And then that leads us to the new one, which is Next of Kin, which is not part of the story at all. It's a oh. whole new story and it's a different kind of found footage. It's like they really making... should have marketed that better than I I, I didn't I watch it in part because I'm like, oh, I'm not I'm not going to go back and watch all of them and I know these movies were so connected. I had no idea it was a standalone story. I I'm going to tell you that I didn't either until it was basically over. Oh, bell. So it it didn't work for a bunch of reasons for me, but mm. like I some people said they liked it, and that's fine. Like I I do understand that I've seen an unusual amount of movies, especially this type of movie. Sure. So there's some stuff that I'm just like, oh cool, great, going back to the well on that and doing it worse than I've seen, fantastic. But so I would say like unless you're a completist, it's really not going to offer anything, okay. and it's not really offering anything because it's not part of the story. <laughs> Sounds I can skip it for now. Mm. Um, I saw Dune. Oh, 
Okay. Uh, Did you see Dune? I didn't. I never read the books. I'm a sci-fi fan, but to an extent, I I don't like boring sci-fi, which has always been my understanding of what Dune is. So I've also never seen the David Lynch film. I've seen bits of it. I haven't. You haven't? No. Oh, shocking. I've started it three times and I've never gotten past it. Yeah, even for it's that's like the perfect kind of um, setting style that I know is not your bag. And it's my bag, but not if it's about like concepts and not about action, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So what do you think of Denis Villeneuve's Dune? I loved it. Oh, nice to hear. And I will... I will say I loved it and I know why other people don't. And I also know why, what the problems, like the valid problems people have with it. And okay. I agree with the valid prom- problems, but I, I, I liked it. I thought it looked cool. I thought everybody was cool. I thought nice. it moved well. It was interesting. It kept my interest. I wanted to spend more time in the world with the characters. Uh, like it did everything it could have done. Nice. But I, I, and I look forward to eventually rewatching it. Okay, cool. That's that's good to hear. Um, I watched a, a movie called Pulse that I didn't like. Pulse, uh, not like the Japanese Pulse or the remake of Pulse. The remake Pulse. of Pulse. What is her face? What is Kristen her name? Bell? Yeah, Veronica Mars there. Veronica Marsy. Yeah, she wasn't even that good in it. Uh, did I see? No, I did see the remake of Pulse. Um, I love the original Pulse. I, I that to me is one of the scariest films. And I wanted to rewatch it last year, and then I realized, oh, there's some really dark elements to this involving, like, that kind of play into COVID in a way of isolation, that maybe it's not the best time to rewatch that. But yeah, the remake is, yeah. I was curious, because the the one I, so I watched, I only watched it because it was streaming somewhere. Oh, so you've Um, seen the remake, not the original. Yeah, I haven't seen the original. So, but there are things that the remake does that. I thought was really weird and interesting. And I was curious to see if, if it was done better or explored more in the, in the original one, because the, the end is like the, the fucking apocalypse spoiler. Mm-hmm. Sorry to spoil this remake from 2006 <laughs> of a movie um, from 1999, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but like it ended, like it escalated in a wild way. And I yeah. was like, this is, fan- this is, this part of it is great. And it's funny because the um, the American remake then had like a bunch of direct to video sequels that like go farther into that direction where like the next movie, it's like completely wasteland apocalypse. Um, they're not very good, but like they keep going. The you oh, the, the Japanese original, um, which is I forget the director's name. It's uh, is it, um, it might be like Kurosama, but it's not that Kurosama. Like it's. Uh, he's and he's done a lot of really great movies. The Cure is another one he did that's fantastic. It is so unnerving and upsetting. And the American remake is close to it in a lot of beats. Like there are mm-hmm. like there's a very like kind of the grandest scene of both of them is a kind of surprise suicide, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, but the 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 Japanese film it is it is it like it makes like my heart beat faster thinking about watching it because mm-hmm. it's such a turn off the lights and watch it and it's it's weird it's it's a little hard to follow like it doesn't make that much sense um it it does go in wild directions and it's weirdly it's so dated um because it is like early internet so it's like yeah there's a character that's like i don't know what do i do i have to plug this in like it's and in some ways it would play really weird like that's one that sure you could remake because the technology to, like you have to explain to somebody watching today how why they didn't understand the technology, mm-hmm. um, 
but if you watch it like as a more kind of alien film in that way it is to me it is like one of the top 10 most unsettling horror films i've seen it is so good you should watch it one day yeah maybe maybe i will i i don't know why we picked this it was just somewhere um and i was disappointed because i felt like I could have, like, I I want to see this executed well. Yeah, and like, you can. Or, just watch the original. Yeah, and and every, no one in it, no one was really pulling their weight in it. it was, yeah. It's a weird movie. Um, I will say that Jonathan Tucker is in it, my boyfriend Aww, Jonathan Tucker. yay. I, and I did not know, because he is not credited. Oh. And and then when he, he's her boyfriend, that it starts happening Oh, to. okay, okay. So, so maybe he, it was like a special guest star kind of thing? No, he shows up and I was like, oh, baby, I didn't know you were in this. You're going to die right away, right? Because you're not in the you're credits. credits. And then he does, but yet he still keeps showing up. And I was like, hmm. why weren't you in the opening credits? That was a weird choice. That is a weird anyway, <laughs> I will watch, I will seek out the original. Okay, I, I look think, forward to that. I think, I think Zach was intrigued as well and kind of let down. Okay. Um. I rewatched The Ruins, speaking of my beautiful boyfriend. Nice, nice. Um, honestly, if people have not seen this movie, it's phenomenal, and I cannot overstate how wonderful it is. I've been itching to rewatch it. I'm, I'm going too soon. It's. I think it's streaming somewhere. It is. Maybe Amazon? It's so, it Maybe. keeps popping, because a lot of people have been talking about it lately, and that's usually the sign that it's streaming. Somewhere, yeah. Yeah. Um, this is more topical. I watched Night Teeth on the Netflix. Night that's the, Teeth? Yeah, it's the vampire movie. Why don't um, I, I feel so old. I don't know things anymore. Well, there's two. There's a lot of platforms, and a lot of I things guess. are. Yeah. But like, I, I really, I am a little. I'm tangential to Megan Fox, uh, Stan Twitter. Okay. A little bit. So like, I know what she's working on. Um, she truly is in this for a scene. Okay. Um, she's. Her and uh, that beautiful woman who's with her, whose name I can't think of. But basically, there are really good performances and really good casting and actors in this. Mm-hmm. And they're not they're not that centerpiece at all, mm-hmm. and it ends up leaving it really um, boring, um, unfun. Oh, that's disappointing. Not interesting enough. Yeah, I do like that Megan Fox is like back in the horror genre squarely. That um, and a lot of that might have been like the whole final Jennifer's body finally getting its due and getting appreciated, and whether it's her or her agent saying like, "Hey, you have a market now in horror. Like, if you keep doing horror movies, like people are gonna watch them." Yeah, um, I did watch Till Death. <gasps> I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it's it's, fun. it's it, it is, and it's um, it reminded me very quickly of a Gerald's game. <laughs> like, just the, you I know, totally isolated, chained to a dead man. Uh, it. It's funny. It's one that, like, I enjoyed it a lot. I don't think it was, you know, spectacular in in any way, but it was stylish in a really cool way. Uh, I like the sparseness of it, which is something I always really appreciate in a a thriller like that. Um, Yeah, and it just, like, it wasn't quite what you would, what you, it, it was different enough from the standard, if I'm browsing through Netflix, what I find. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. And you have just have to accept that people make really bad decisions. And you know what? I think if, it, if the last two years have taught us anything, it's that people make really yeah, bad decisions. Yeah, yeah. No, 100%. <laughs> 100%. Um, I'm getting close to the end, so okay. that's good. Um, I watched The Night House. You, the you night heard people talk about this? House, maybe. <laughs> A Rebecca Hall movie? Then, oh, maybe. It's about a house. About a house at night. At night. Um, 
I didn't like it. Okay. I know that's so weird. Everybody else seems to like it, and no, I watched it. And um, went, oh, wait really? a minute. Yes, I have. This is like a slow burn that sounded um, was one that I've been waiting. Like I think I should have it on my alert me on just watch when it comes to streaming. Yeah, but I, I not, not 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 a exciting one I, for you. Look, so what what is the movie that I there are a few that I famously did not like. Honeymoon I didn't like, and then we rewatched it, and I was <laughs> like, this movie changed my life. Yep. First time I saw Annihilation, I hated it, and now I think about it pretty much every day in my life. Um, maybe, and even in my review, I decided to type a little that maybe I'll like this better sure. later. But like, I didn't get it. Okay. It felt incomplete. It felt a little try hard. Mm, I was like, what are you saying? And why aren't you saying it better? She's good in it, but she's good in everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's a movie where I think it's her and Dominic West and it's old timey and they're trying to find a ghost. Just watch that. <laughs> okay. That's in a house too. I, I feel bad because people are like best movie of the year. Changed my life. Amazing. A revelation. And I'm like, did we watch the same movie? fascinating that okay. always confuses me i'm intrigued like that that actually makes me more interested to watch it <laughs> i would really like to know what you think yeah i want to see where i land yeah um now now i'm going to tell you a story of some really bad choices and then and then i'm done um we i don't know what we were doing zach sometimes likes to watch movies that he has a feeling aren't going to be good i don't know why we do this, <laughs> I, but get it, it. Let, I get it i get it it led me to seeking out some actually good movies, so I guess it's good. We just had a really bad push. Um, there's a movie called Hypnotic. It's new. I think it's on Netflix. It's got um, Kate Siegel. Okay, uh, Mike Flanagan's Mike... wife. Yeah, her partner. Um, yeah. But it's about hypnosis. I hated it. Ooh, okay. It's it's very. I it feels very like lifetimey with my limited knowledge Aww. of what that actually feels like. Lifetimey. I know, but I don't. I don't like that. Fair, fair. And this one's about hypnosis. Okay. So I mean, that's out there. I didn't like it, but then I then we watched the Point Break remake. Okay, which I I have was fascinated by when it was announced and then buried, and I always assumed that there was some kind of studio like producers esque. Um, money rebate where they would make more money on it if it completely bombed because they released it Christmas Day without any fanfare. I'm like, there's a story behind this movie. What did you think yeah, of that movie? I there were things in it that I really wanted to like, but the end product was not likable. Mm, yeah, like like I feel like there's a more interesting story where they they just are eco terrorists and they're just like trying to save the planet by doing horrible things. Okay, but that's not. They, they they weave in something else and like all of the footage and stunts are like real and that's really great but then like when you get to the story it all falls apart hmm. and you know who plays the Lori petty character i don't Teresa palmer and she's barely in it oh. i love Teresa palmer i yeah, don't know why great. she wasn't in this more yeah. she was wicked hot in it too and like it's almost like they cut her in and out in a weird way like, there's a couple scenes where she's not with anybody else. Like, no one's huh. around. It felt it felt weird. I don't know. Yeah, everything about that movie was strange. I'm telling you, that was a... Some producer had to make it because he owned the screenplay. And if he didn't produce it in time, they would lose the rights. And they invested a lot of money in it. There was there was some kind of weird production story to that one. I know it. I, I, bet, I bet you're right. Um, it was weird. And mm. not that weird in a good way. And then, so, this is a movie that I did like. It's called Broadcast Signal Intrusion. Oh, I don't know it. Interesting title. Um, it's it's very good. I we, we streamed it somewhere. I do not remember where. 
but everyone <gasps> within the sound Ooh, of my with my voice. boyfriend Harry Shum Jr. So good in it. I love him. He was it's, he he never got he was on Glee as a dancer. And like oh. from the beginning, like like I was always I'm like this guy's great because he was uh, he was in step he was in the step up movies he was mm-hmm. part of like a famous dance troupe, and like he's sexy he's really good looking he can act and like he's just never gotten the push he should have, um so I like seeing his name above the credits that's exciting guess what fantastic in this of course he is does he dance yeah no oh. it's re it's aggressively weird and kind hmm. of unsettling ooh okay I, I you sold it to me yeah I loved it it was nice. so good. Very nice. Um, and that's why sometimes you got to take a chance on a movie. Totally. For every for every hypnotic, you're like, ugh, why did I do this? You get a broadcast. Yeah. Broadcast or a down a dark hole. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, rewatch Terminator Dark Fate. Stand nice. by the fact that it is an, a fantastic movie. Agreed. Um, finally watched Dolls for the first time. <gasps> oh my god! I know you did. I'm just so excited I, to hear you talk about it. I did really like it. It it's was really so weird it's and so not. I don't know how it could have been weirder than I was expecting. Mm. Because I think the thing that I always try to explain about that movie that is really hard to believe until you watch it is that it is at its heart a really sweet, earnest fairy tale Mm -hmm. where like, I always say like, if you have a kid who's like eight or nine and at that age when like, they're kind of ready for like real scary movies, but they're not, you don't think they are. It's the perfect movie because it's really brutal. Yes, really, like, there's murder in really gross ways, but it's so morality-based Yeah, that it's just, it's a fairy tale. Only bad people die in this movie. All the good people are fine. Yeah. It's so good. It's really good. I was really impressed with it. And all the doll stuff was really (sighs) cool and weird. Yeah, It it definitely is an an oddity. And again, not what I expected at all. Yay. But I liked it. I'm glad we finally watched it. Good. I am as Um, well. And so this again, now more mistakes. Queen Pins, which is that couponing movie with, oh my Mm. God, Veronica Mars is in this as well. Chris Bell? Yeah, I can't. I don't know why I can't retain her name. Um, I thought it was awful. I really didn't like it. And it made me sad. Then we watched a movie called Headcount, which is like, it seems very like low budge. Bunch of teenagers hanging out in the desert and they start disappearing. I I watched that a few years ago. I was mixed on it. I was disappointed. Yeah, I feel like I could see that director doing something else and getting better. Like, because there's sparks of really interesting things going on there. Yeah, for me, it just the story wasn't there. Yeah, I think it also, um, like, the characters are so just token teenagers that it's hard to really get into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I mean, you're right. There was some, it was filmed really interestingly. Mm-hmm. There were some really cool choices. Yep. And I like the idea. It's a great concept, yeah. didn't like the execution. But, okay. yeah, I would totally look. I think it was a, a female it's director. a female director, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would see what else she was doing. Um, I saw Shang-Chi. And I did, or Shang-Chi. Okay, and? I didn't like it at all. You didn't like it. I I am not going to watch it. I I don't care anymore. I'm at the point where. um, Me neither. Yeah, I'll probably only watch Marvel if it's put in front of my eyeballs. But um, I've heard decent things about that one, but no. Not for me. I think think I am done as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And I think I've been done. And I don't like martial arts movies. Like, it's not that's not a hook for me. That's actually like a hill to get over. It's just not something I'm interested in. It's just not something I'm interested in. Sure. Um, but there were, a, some of the fights were really good and there is like a love story in it. Like 
and I wanted, I just wanted to hang out with that love story. It was actually really good, and okay. I feel like it was very in the background. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that led me into this this end point. Um, I am now watching just John Cusack movies. It's just the rest of my <laughs> that's life. That's right. That's right. I know that that was the direction things were swinging in. Um, have you ever seen Gross Point Blank? In the theater, and that was it. That is that movie is a revelation. <laughs> I should probably rewatch it. It's been probably at this point twenty seven years. Uh, you know what? It's I'm I'm glad that I'm timely on my opinions on things. <laughs> but that gross point blank. Good movie. <laughs> um, so I I never had an opinion on John Cusack ever ever. I don't. I think I may have semi actively avoided watching his movies. I don't know why. Um. Then it hit me about about like six months after I started dating my husband that he looks a lot like John Cusack. Uh. They have very similar things and faces and okay. things that they do. And I was so like, now I can't make up. make fun of how John Cusack looks. No, you can. They don't look <laughs> that similar. They have they have different bottom halves of the faces. Okay, but so yeah, less yeah, Zach is far less potatoey. Yes, okay. very much so. But there's something there. And he's like, oh, wow, I've never heard that. But I guess I could see it. And I've always held true to that. Mm. Little did I know that a huge part of his personality is based on the character in the film Gross Point Blank. <laughs> Watching this movie was wild. I was like, this is my husband. I'm married to this person. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, it's so weird. Huh. It's so weird, but I. But aside from the fact that I I married a John Cusack character, <laughs> it's a good movie. It's really fun and funny and like mm-hmm. like heartwarming, and it has a moral center. And I'm beginning to see that that is what John Cusack movies are like. And that's why I think, in part, I sometimes don't love John Cusack because I think there uh, he has he he always comes across like a nice guy. I think yes. there is a clear, like, goodness to him. And whether he is in real life or not, I don't know. But it, he, he, that's what he expels on screen. So I still remember, I think, I just hold a grudge, because when he was cast in The Paperboy, <laughs> um, uh, when, yes. so when I read The Paperboy, uh, I cast him as the Matthew McConaughey part. Like, mm-hmm. I saw him as the brother lawyer, the good guy, all of this. So then when I went to the, the movie and he's playing, like, the Harry Connick Jr. part, the, you know, in a jail and gross and all this, I was like, that that is such bad casting. And it's always kind of, like, I think, like, tarnished him a bit for me because it, I realized then with that movie how he is a bit limited where I don't know that he can, for me anyway, or has broken that persona that I think I associate with him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it, but it also means that when he's, when he's cast in the right role, he can do it really well. Yes. So I'm, I'm seeing uh, apparently the highs and lows mm. of when, how John Cusack should be used. Okay. Um, he, so I think one of the reasons why, like, so many men apparently relate to the characters in, in Gross Point Blank and High Fidelity specifically. Um, High Fidelity, a movie I watched and loved, but and I think it's I think it's interesting. And oh, I, I don't, don't know if I, I hated High Fidelity, but, but again, but it's I'm been gonna, twenty plus years since I watched I it. I think High Fidelity might be a moral tale. Mm. I think it might be the tale of of realistic yet terrible masculinity finding its way. Okay, because. Because and I think that Gross Point Blank plays with this too. I think there these are the there are these very truthful depictions of men, and it is not pretty. Granted, okay. they're not like they're not 
they are murdering in gross point blank, but they're not like drug addicted rapists Mm -hmm. punching women in the face. Like men are terrible. They're not like that, but it's like a real subtle. It's like that insidious kind of, it's the nice guy. And I remember, yeah, because I have not watched, um, not gross point blank, uh, high fidelity since it came out. But I remember like thinking on it and also it's my own, I'll admit like my own jadedness when it comes to like music people who think they're better than non-music people. Um, But I always remember thinking that with that movie of when I remembered certain aspects of it, I thought like, oh, this is a movie about a nice guy who's not actually nearly as nice as he thinks he is. And and the thing is, when I think when you can watch it with some distance yeah. and some time away from that 2000s, mm. late 90s sure. aesthetic, you know, I think that you can see that. I don't think that High Fidelity thinks that he's a good guy. Okay. I, th- okay. He, I, I think that John Cusack's version of that character is terrible. I think he knows he's terrible. Mm. Okay. And I think that he is, I think there's a, there's an awareness to how terrible he is mm. that, and I, I have seen High Fidelity before and I dumped it out of my brain immediately because I was like, I don't care about this, but I really feel like there's something there because at the end he does for, for the right reasons kind of come around. And, okay. And you know how like at the end, of, you, you know how you don't like Scott Pilgrim? Yes. And you, like, <laughs> that is a good movie to associate it with. Yes. And you don't like the character of Scott, Scott Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. And depending on which ending, you really don't like it. Correct. I feel like this movie was like, yeah, but Scott Pilgrim's bad and I know it. Okay. And then you're like, oh, okay. Well, you knew. You knew. It's fine then. And, and, and I said very high. Granted, I was very high when I said it. <laughs> this, this is the Green Knight. This is, these two movies are the same. Hmm. <laughs> because they're fascinating both... i want to read that essay <laughs> <laughs> they're both tales of, of a, man, a man's journey a very masculine journey of self-discovery to kind of figure out what your failings are mm. as a person and not just as a person but as a man in society okay. the damage that you can do with your privilege and with your just with your masculinity um by existing in <sighs> culture and being a bad person. yeah you have to write that essay well, thank you. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a very good idea myself, but but I, I totally get why. If you said high fidelity sucks, awful, triggering, terrible, everybody's bad, get it. But I I was able to see it with a with a with a mind of like, yeah, but but they know how bad this guy is. Mm. Okay, all right. I'll eventually wrap back around to it and see if I agree. But gross point blank is just a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched Money for Nothing, which is John Cusack finding money for nothing. He's just adorable. Um, <laughs> it was okay. I watched Serendipity. Yes, good. you mentioned not a fan. Not good. Um, and I watched America's Sweethearts, which is him and Catherine Zeta-Jones. <gasps> and, and Julia Roberts, right? Julia Roberts okay. and um, uh, what's his name is there too? Uh, Billy Crystal. Couldn't think of his name. Um, didn't like that either. Okay. I remember when that came out because that was kind of the height of all four of their careers in some ways. Yeah, I think, and I think they illustrate the gamut of like, how to use Cusack and when to and mm. why. And it really makes me feel like identity. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Fascinating. That's it. I talk forever. Talk forever. I love now. it. I love it. All right. My, um, so let me run through the ones the I'll, the it's like three non-horror films I have on here before I just get back to horror. Whoa. I know. Uh, and the only other drama I watched, um, was a, was one of those, I didn't plan on it, but then like, I'm hanging out with my friend and we flip on lifetime and we see the title switched before birth and we're like, oh, what's the concept of this one? So how can you be switched before birth, Christine? 
Um, the wrong egg is implanted? Yep. So two women enter the fertility clinic on the same day, and they both have, like, really sad stories of, you know, having failure with IVF and miscarriages. And one of them gets pregnant, and the other one doesn't. It's all sad, and she, but she's having twins, so it's exciting. And like the baby shower, the other and the other mother, by the way, is played by Justina Machado from um, One Day at a Time and Six Feet Under. Yep, and yep, Final yep. Destination Two. And uh, when other uh, woman has her twins, one of them does not look very white because it turns out one of her embryos was accidentally implanted in her. So she has two, she has twins and one of them is hers and the other one isn't. It takes him about like three weeks to figure it out. Um, and here's the problem with this movie. There's two problems with this movie. It's a lifetime movie. And like, look, what do you want from lifetime movies? You want them to be fun or you want them to be really good. And the problem with this one is that like Justina Machado is giving, is giving it. She's going for it. And she's playing this really fascinating woman who is angry and who is bitter and is really sad and has all of this trauma. But this movie, directed, by the way, by Elizabeth Rome. Oh, weird. Uh Uh-huh. Like, it's just not a good enough movie to kind of understand. Like, I didn't understand how this movie felt about her because the movie keeps doing the both sides thing. Mm -hmm. Because once she figures this out, she's like, well, that's my baby. Give me my baby. And they're like, well, actually, she, this other woman carried the baby, and she's had him for three weeks, and the baby is twins to the other baby. It's like, no, 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 but that, like, like, and I guess, I don't know, if I were to give you that story, do you think one person is right and the other is wrong, or do you see it as both, both sides? Both, both sides, maybe? Okay, I don't know, like, I guess, I, I like, guess I would try to do to do both sides but it sounds like that wasn't effectively done for me it wasn't because i'm like no this woman has like and they talk about how she's lost like five pregnancies like this woman is just like has been shattered the last 10 years trying to have a baby she had a perfectly good embryo that she should have delivered except somebody fucked up in the lab yeah this other woman gave birth to this baby but the baby's right there like so the baby's only been with this woman in the womb and then for like two months And again, I realize, look, I'm not a mother. Maybe everything I'm saying sounds really awful to somebody who carried a baby and is like, no, you can't take my baby away from me. But like, no, no, but it wasn't your baby. And you have another one right there. Also, I I get what you're saying. Also, (laughs) this baby is like colic and screaming all the time. So it's also very hard to accept that this mother wouldn't be like, yeah, sure, take the kid. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) This one's difficult. Take it off my hand. Yeah, if it was the other one, maybe I'd put up a fight. But I mean, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I mean, clearly, morally, I just might line up too far. And like, and again, the movie eventually does the right thing. But even at the end, it's like, oh, but now she's having a hard time nursing the baby. So I guess it belonged to the other woman also. So they're going to be friends. Like, it's, I don't know. This is yeah, what I do with what? my spare It time. takes a village. Maybe that is the, that is the right way yeah, to end that. Okay. All right. Some documentaries I watched via, one was on Canopy, uh, Miracle of Miracles, the Fiddler on the Roof story, which... Oh. It's, look, if anybody out there um, is a musical theater fan or a Fiddler on the Roof fan, this is a really good documentary about Fiddler on the Roof that talks about the making of it, um, both as a play and as a film and everything, but just is a really interesting um, conversation about it because it's shows as things that I don't know that I always picked up on of how timeless, like why it's not just that it's good music. It's like, no, 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 this is a really universal story. And that some like the song Matchmaker, how how many directions it goes in two minutes of of lyrics. Um, so you know, if you're a fan, give it a try. And then another one that I think you would enjoy, probably anybody our age would on Hulu, The Orange Years, 
which is a documentary about Nickelodeon. Oh, fun. That yeah. sounds good. It's fun. It's, um, it, you know, it's a lot of different people talking about it. It's, and it feels things I didn't know as far as, um, kind of how it was developed. And like from the beginning, it was always supposed to be for kids. Like that the idea was we want to talk to kids in a way that they're not being talked to. We don't mm-hmm. want to be adults talking to kids. We want to feel as if kids are talking to kids. Um, and it, you know, there's no like tragedies, which is nice because so many of these do, but it seems like everybody that was employed by Nickelodeon was, was treated responsibly. So mm-hmm. just like another nice thing about that. Um, and then I'll dive into horror. So let's see. Um, okay. We, so talk about the whole taking a gamble on something you never heard of. Yep. So Brannon had, had, was like browsing on Shutter one day and he's like, oh, I found one movie that sounded interesting, but I thought you might want to watch it. And he gives me the title. It was Dark Waters, a movie from 1993. And I'm like, 93 and I've never heard of it. That's weird. Like it's, and it seems to be an American production. Like it, it's weird for me not to have heard of a movie from that era. So yeah, let's watch it. Have you ever seen this movie, Dark Waters? I don't believe so. I mean, it's a very generic title, but yeah, it is it's, not I a generic film. So. Uh, a, young, a young woman goes to this island somewhere, and this island has like a church, and that's almost it. And there are a bunch of nuns, and they're really creepy, and they are protecting some kind of seal. Yeah. And of course, it turns out that not spoiling anything, like there is a demon, they're keeping the demon at bay, there are sacrifices. This movie is very, I mean, I guess it would qualify as folk horror. Like, it's very Wicker Man-y. Mm. Um, this, it's very, it's beautiful. It is, it is gorgeous. And it's fascinating because I'm watching this movie. I'm like, this is in 1993. Like, this had to have been made in the 70s. Maybe it was shelved for a while. And then I look it up and like, no, this was, it was here, filmed in 1993 in, I think it was Ukraine. It was the first, like, film production post-Soviet Union. So it's very, like... Um, messy and, and very like oh look there's light quick go film uh, great score all of this the movie ends I turn to Brown and I'm like oh my god thank you how did I never hear of this movie and he looks at me with like this like glazed look over his eyes he's like well I can think of a few reasons I'm like what he hated it I loved it Interesting. Uh, it, and so like, I want everybody to watch it apparently like it had a big re-release about 10 years ago from Severin I think they put out like a really beautiful box set with like a stone medallion and gargoyle and all these cool things it is visually so neat um, it is very dreamy it reminded me of Messiah of Evil that's the movie that mm-hmm, I kept kind of mm-hmm. comparing it to in my head um, I loved it it's on Shutter. it is short it's like 90 minutes but it is such a weird, moody, what the hell is going on? I loved the ending. Um, I don't know. Like, it. I'm guessing a lot of people hate it. But I think a lot of, like, people like us, a lot of just kind of, you know, uh, forgotten horror fans would really dig it. So if you haven't seen it, people, go for it. Yeah, I think I've seen people talking about it on Twitter. Probably. Um, because probably because it's on, or it's on Shutter, yeah, so yeah. it's a little bit more accessible. Yep. But yeah, I'll definitely make a note. Good, good. Uh, one that, another one we took a gamble on, The Lodgers. This is recent, from a year or two or three ago. It's by the guy who did Let Us Pray, which I really liked. That was Pollyanna McIntosh and Liam, yeah, Liam Cunningham. Yeah, I have not seen that. I really enjoyed it. Um, this one, two Irish twins who live in the countryside in like 1917 or so. It's like post-World War One, And there's like some curse on their house. It's very House of Ushery. They don't leave the house. Um... 
this movie started, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm into it. Like, this has some creepy vibes. It's a good, like, lullaby thing. Like, they've set rules. Like, don't leave the house. Don't go out after dark. Don't let strangers in. Like, okay, all of these things, I'm into it. And I found it really boring. And it breaks its rules immediately. And so then I'm like, what the fuck are the rules? Do we have rules? I don't know what the rules are. Um, It looks really pretty. It's a very good looking film. Everybody's good in it. A lot of Game of Thrones actors show up because it's in Ireland. Um, But, like, my biggest problem... There's, like, a plot thing that is, to me, obvious from, like, the opening of the movie and the opening theme song. Like, there's a lullaby they sing, and I'm like, oh, okay, I understand what's going on with these two characters. And then the movie, like, reveals it as if we didn't already know that. And I'm like, wait, is that that a reveal? Is it not a reveal? Was I not supposed to have clocked this thing that's really obvious from the opening scene? Um, So, I don't know. It wasn't terrible, it had, again, it looked really nice, but for me, it was ultimately kind of a flop. It was just dull. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. I um, hate when things waste their potential being boring. Yeah, and, and, that re- and that is where it landed for me. Like, if you are, a, if you really dig movies set in, like, in that time and in that kind of countryside ghostly feel... It's mm. not terrible, but it but it is boring, which to me is terrible. So I agree. Yeah, you know. uh, older fo- older film. She says as she um, <laughs> doesn't know that 2007 was 15 years ago uh, from the 90s, if you will, which was apparently a long time ago. Yep, a Japanese animated film. I watched. Um, so this is Perfect Blue. Have you ever seen Perfect Blue? I have not seen Perfect Blue, but I know Perfect a lot Blue. about Perfect yeah. Blue. Um, I had never heard of it until Faculty of Horror did a podcast where they were doing that with Cam. And uh-huh. I was like, oh, I want to listen to this episode, but I need to see Perfect Blue first. And I had to rent it on it, or I had to get the disc from Amazon, which I still do. It is, you you would dig it. Um, like a, a young pop star who is changing careers to acting and it's early days of the internet. It would be actually also pair really well with Pulse. Because when she goes online, she realizes that there's like somebody pretending to be her or somebody who is her mm-hmm. who is very different from her and who's doing all of these things that she would never do. And um, it is really strange. It, it is creepy. Um, it has a lot to say about like identity and, and um, like owning your sexuality and not and what it means to be celebrity. It's aged really well, I think, in different ways. So it is a recommend from me. Yeah, isn't Perfect Blue the movie that um, was apparently ripped off wholesale for the visual cues in Black Swan? Like, isn't it? Oh, probably. Like, isn't yeah. I remember. I think. I think I'm re- remembering this properly, but I didn't mind Black Swan when I saw it. Mm-hmm. But there were a couple like visuals in it that fucking punched me in the face. Um, and then I had mentioned it to somebody in passing and they were like, oh, that's completely lifted from Perfect Blue. Just that specifically. And I was like, oh, well, then I didn't like that movie at all. Then I guess <laughs> it makes perfect sense because it is a lot of, you know, woman with this alter ego who keeps appearing in places. Yeah. So I, it's been so long since I've seen Black Swan that I didn't make the connection, but I could totally see that. Yeah, I think there there might be if if you're at all curious, I think that might be a whole thing. Like if you googled it, I think I you might be able to find information. Yes. But like I'm yeah, sure there's a I, few YouTube videos explaining it. I definitely have known that that's something I should probably watch. You should. You should. I think um yeah, and I mean some of it is I won't say it's dated like some of its attitudes about sexuality are a little bit like not necessarily the most progressive, but it's also Japanese. <laughs> Um, so yeah. some of that makes sense that 
the idea like the, the first thing she does when she like switches careers she ends up like on like a law and order svu type crime show where the character she's playing has to get raped and you know the way the film deals with that is both i think it is asking questions and kind of exploring that, but it also might come across as being very just anti, um, anti-sex in any way, anti yeah. like showing of it or like telling stories about it. So there's that, that I will like warn you. But again, you take it with a grain of salt that this is Japan in 1996 and it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. A newer movie that I, you were going to watch. I don't know if you ever got around to it. Uh, Bingo Hell on Amazon Prime. I know. I never, I never actually watched it. I enjoyed it. Um, it is not great. It is, but it is, it feel, and it's the same director who did Culture Shock, one of the Into the Darks on Hulu. Mm-hmm. And it definitely, like, she, you could see a lot of threads, I think. Um, her, even, like, her color palette and, like, some of what she's doing that way could definitely see the same person. Um, hey, I've never seen a story about a demonic bingo hall. It has some kind of Needful Things-esque energy to it. Uh, it's visually really interesting and like the way the kills happen don't quite look like anything else which i appreciated mm-hmm. and it's a movie about old people rose from lost is one of the main characters yeah i did know that i yeah. mean that was my pull to it mm-hmm. so i i enjoyed it i think um if you go in like thinking this is not going to be the greatest thing you've seen but it's something different um i think a lot would you'd, you'd get stuff out of it Let's see. We did. Um, okay, so I ended up doing a trio of House of Wax films. Oh, fun. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I because everybody had been talking about it. I was like, I want to rewatch. I want to rewatch the remake from two thousand five. Yeah. Um, which I warmed up to by first watching Tourist Trap, which of course I love. Yeah, I haven't seen Tourist Trap in forever. Yeah, and really, like, really, like House of Wax two thousand five is a remake of Tourist Trap. It is not a rem- remake of House of Wax. And I'd forgotten, like, watching, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of beats that are very similar. So did that, did, and then also did the original, or not the original, both the originals, the 1930 uh, Mystery of the Wax Museum and the 19, the Hammer House of Wax. Um, I will say, I really dug the uh, first one, Mystery of the Wax Museum, which is, uh, it's pre-code, and you you can see it because there's liquor there's loose women mm-hmm. the lead actress is a fast-talking reporter who is so great and sassy and like sexy and everything and it was fun the um the hammer one is is a little dull i enjoyed it um i liked it much more than Brandon did he was bored out of his mind I did find, yeah, it was one where, like, it ended, I'm like, that was fun, he was looking at me, he's like, no, it wasn't, I'm like, oh, Oh, we have different definitions of fun, um, and similarly, he did not care for 2005's House of Wax, uh, it ended, he looked at me, he's like, why did you like this one again? I, I really just, I like the set piece, and I like the town. The town is great. Um, I don't know, I'm simple, I guess. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I like it has some of the hallmarks of things I don't like about that era of horror. Sure. Um, but it also doesn't look like anything else that came out then. Um, it does little things differently that it, you know, your first kill isn't a guy, isn't a girl, it's guy. And who gets the worst death? The guy does, not the girls. Yeah. And um, 
like the you know that you have a final brother sister like which also it's really fun to watch that movie and, and be very confused by who's who's related and who's having sex because the sexual chemistry that Alicia Cuthbert and um Chad Michael Murray have is really unsettling yes right? I noticed that too so much also Chad Michael Murray sizzling hot in this movie <laughs> which I have never thought in my life but he's like he's making it work and I'm like all right I get even it. with his sister it was that yes it's but like I don't know it was it was cool I yeah I, I it's <laughs> hey it's the guy who did Orphan who I will watch anything he does he That's brings true. like this this like bond like gonzo energy to his movies um, like, cause he also d- did that commuter movie with Liam Neeson, which oh, is a yeah, ridiculous, yeah. like, that's the kind of action movie I love where it's like, oh, this is so stupid, but I can't stop watching it. Like, and that's what this director does. He, he, he has a bigness about him when he's directing where he does not shy away from going, like from taking movies that could go too far. He goes too far with them mm-hmm. and they work for the most part. Um, I don't know what it is, but I will watch anything he's selling. Uh, okay, then we were kind of doing a lot of, like, Hammer stuff and things that were on different streaming networks, so we thought it would be a good idea to watch the Hammer Curse of the Werewolf. Okay. Um, I was into it because it was Oliver Reed, so I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't know, watch Oliver Reed be a werewolf. This movie is really not very good. Um, it's so odd because it starts off and I'm into it. It starts, it's, like, set in the 1600s, 1700s, so I'm there for that. You know that. Um, but it is very confused about itself and then it is very boring and there's not a werewolf for most of it. And when there is, you don't see him. This was a snooze for me. I was very just, and like Oliver Reed doesn't get to be sexy Oliver Reed. It, it didn't, it just didn't work. That was my question. Yeah. No. Because like, if it's, if that's not happening, then what are you showing up for? Right. And how is Oliver Reed not sexy in a movie? Like yeah. that rarely happens, and in this one, I it didn't wasn't really working for me. I, I was I was dozing off on this one. Um, okay, one that I thought you watched this one, a newer Netflix slasher. There's someone inside your house. Yes, I. This has come up a couple times. I liked it, but found it a bit forgettable. Mm. Yeah. I I enjoyed this. This is um, it. I mean, it's it's a slasher. It's very modern. the The kids, quote unquote, are very modern in their sensibilities. Um, I I like and the setting of it's great. It's Nebraska in October, so it's got that. It's a really good like October Halloween watch. Um, I think I I liked kind of the reveal of the ending. But then I can see what you, I can see your point because I know other people that have have said similar, and it I enjoyed watching it, but I don't know that it did anything that's going to make me really want to come back to it. Yeah, I I I just had to. I think it was last night. Had to recap the plot for Zach, who had forgotten what that one mm. was about, and I liked it. I know that when I watched it, I liked it, but it, it's kind of fallen out of my brain. I don't I see it. I don't. I don't know why. I don't. I mean. I don't think that's a, a, a statement on its quality. For for what it's trying to do, I think it achieves it. Um, yeah. But I could see that. Yeah, it doesn't reach the heights that um, it could have. And I don't know what it could have done differently. But it's it's fun. It's a good time. 
also a good time, which I love the fact that this is streaming on Canopy, which Canopy is like the library network. And I think yep. its tagline used to be something like where you can stream class or, or something like quality meets class or, or it was something very like a little bit pretentious. Yeah. Um, naturally, that's where you go to find 1986's Nightmare Beach. Ooh. Have you ever seen this one? No. Oh, John Saxon is in it, yeah. which is always a, a mark of quality at this era. Uh, it's like spring break in Florida. So the movie, like there's just boobs everywhere. Um, a there. So this guy is ex- in the beginning, like a biker is executed because they think he's been, he's a murderer. Turns out he wasn't. Uh, and we know this because there is somebody in a masked helmet riding around on a motorcycle, electrocuting people, killing people in very creative, wacky ways. Uh, this is one that is like glorious eighties cheese. There, there's a wet t-shirt, t-shirt contest. Like, now I don't know that you've ever. I mean, I've never been to or or been in one, but I know the concept of one. Yeah. Can you describe what you think a wet t-shirt contest like? What it, like what the rules are? Um, you get your t-shirt wet, and uh, whoever looks most pleasant doing so mm-hmm. wins. Yeah, but like you keep your shirt on, right? Like, isn't that the point? Well, yeah, it's a it's a t-shirt. Yeah, like this just becomes a like wet contest. Like they just they're, they're wedding wet women, and the women just take their shirts off, and I'm like, that's not. Yes, you've broken your own rule. And I don't know why this upset me so much, but it, it did as I was watching. Still recommend Nightmare Beach. Uh, also, same era, uh, but a little bit a little bit more restrained, a little bit classier. I was in the mood to watch something not that uh, wouldn't require too much of my brain. Yep. And we sat down and I remembered this was on Peacock. My Bloody Valentine, the original. Oh, yeah. I, I love that movie a lot. I do, too. Brandon had never seen it, so he did not know what he was getting into. And I kind of, I probably, like, I might have said, I might have made it seem better. I might have been like, this is one of the really good slashers. Probably shouldn't have said that. Like, I probably just been like, this is a better than average slasher. Might have been a better way to frame it. You you think so? You, I did do. you hype it up too much? I might have a little bit. I think he did enjoy it overall. Um but it, like I had to talk him into enjoying it more because it ended and he's like, you know, he's like, it's a shame it's not a better movie. <laughs> Look what he mean. He's like, because it's such a great set. It's such a great concept. But it's just not, you know, the actual as a it, horror film. It's not that great, which I wouldn't yeah. necessarily disagree with. Like it is very much a as he called it a hey, guys, let's make a movie movie. Yeah. Where it does very much feel like this this is probably this guy's friend and they had one old lady in the neighborhood who could act and they probably brought her in for this scene and that kind of thing. Um, but aside from like, it works because it is unique. It is It doesn't look like anything else of that type of movie. Um, it's a great concept, you know, for where to stage a horror film. Yes. And like, there's little things about it that are really, I think, charming. Like the... The cast, I think, is good for an 80s slasher. They're a little older. They're not teenagers. They're in their 20s. Um, Like, one of the main guys is this really big dude, and nothing is, like, any other movie of that era would have made fat jokes about him. Yes, yes. um, uh, BJ, who, Brittany... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Colin Jello. Yeah, yeah. She was, like, just talking about this, I believe, on Twitter. Like, how... How apparently there was there was something where like some somebody was dragging that dude like why why would this dude pull so much ass or why would this guy why would anybody want to be with you know yeah and I was like wow people are really obtuse and, yep. and ridiculous <laughs> and it's so great because he's 
presented like every other character there he has a really hot girlfriend who is so into him yes like it's this really it's genuinely sad when he dies because you see how upset she is and like it is like you you feel it and like you as you're watching it you're like and they've never like i'm noticing it because i'm so not used to seeing larger people in movies being treated like human beings and this movie just treats them like a human being and it's a dumb thing to be excited about i wish i didn't have to be but it's really nice yeah, I mean, and he's likable mm-hmm. and seems fun yeah. and is attractive. Like, so for people to be so like, what? Like, yeah, I don't. I think there's a, a basic misunderstanding about what women actually maybe look for in men. Because <laughs> it's yeah, and then the flip of that is the like Kevin James and well, you you're looking for something in Jim Belushi apparently, but like the flip of that world where it's like, oh, a dude can be as gross as he wants and gets a hot chick. Right, but the problem with those isn't that the dude is big; it's that the dude is just an asshole. Usually, in those scenarios, so. that's true. I, I don't. I, I the 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 Belushi thing will go into a different time. I think <laughs> I need to work some stuff out. Oh, I'm out. excited for that. <laughs> uh, all right, a few more. Um, I watched. I don't know the name of this movie. It's the new Purge movie. I wrote the. I wrote it down as the Purge Ever After. I don't think that's the title. Uh, what is it? The I Purge? haven't seen the new Purge. It's like the Purge and for all, once and for all, Purge forever. Is that it? Forever Purge? Forever Purge. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, so th- this is perfectly fine. It's, it's, it is a good movie. I, it, it ended and like I wasn't watching it with Brandon, but he kind of walked by as I was watching. He's like, oh, so what do you think of what do you think of the new the new Purge? I'm like, the problem I have with with the with this movie and it was true of the last movie also is that and it's it's like hard to like to say through because I I, I think that I, I love the franchise. I think this is a brilliant franchise. I really respect mo- almost all the decisions James DeMonico has made with the franchise um, to where start with a really small story and then explode it in movie two. Um, go super political in three and then do a TV show where you can go through really like small details of this. Always be really diverse. And I, one of the things I love is that both... Um, the fourth movie and this movie, the fourth movie, which was about Staten Island, about the first purge and how it was targeting people of color. And James DeMonaco, who is a white man, did not direct that one. He hired a black man to direct it. This one, which is set like right on the border and it is about um, in big part about Mexican immigrants and Texas uh, white supremacists. And he hired a Latino man to direct this one. Like I was like, it's something he does that I really respect and I and I don't know and I believe these are all very deliberate decisions. The problem with this one it's not, again, it's not a problem with the movie. It's a problem with watching the movie as a as a horror fan, I think in this era. It's gotten to the point where it's so like I'm not even rooting for this to be a good exciting horror film because I don't want to see these terrible things happen to people that don't deserve it. Yes. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, like because like three. I think that's why I didn't. I haven't watched it. Have you? Which ones have you seen? The first four. Which ones have you seen or not seen? I believe I've seen the first four. We attempted to do a rewatch and then just kind of stalled out. I think just because it was unpleasant. Yeah, and I mean they get very like this one is probably the most on the nose. I think, Um, and how can it not be? Like, and I I don't begrudge it going there. It should go there. Um, but it just makes for you watching it. And you're like, I'm not, especially because what happens with this one 
is very quickly you like lose a couple of people that you assume are like oh those are kind of the cannon fodder like the, they're gonna die yeah so of the people who are left oh shit who's gonna die so then you're and i don't want to spoil anything you're either really really concerned because you don't want to see these people die because you know it's not just at this point a character you like it's saying something if they die the flip of that is or I'm going to watch a horror movie that I'm watching because I get a certain, you know, fulfillment out of seeing death in different ways. And most of these people might survive. And so it's this really, it puts you in a really weird position. And maybe that's the point. And I, and again, I don't begrudge that. Like this, I don't know that I'll ever watch this one again. I don't think I ever want to. Yeah. I wouldn't, again, it's a good movie. It's a well-made movie. It, It looks great. It has funny moments. It has some great action moments. Um, it's just moved to a place of, oh, now this is where I'm a little uncomfortable, um, seeing this direct mirror to what's, what the world is right now. And it just makes Mm -hmm. it a little bit less fun and that's okay. Um, but whereas like, and, and again, I do make an argument for this TV series, recommend everybody watch them because they manage to maintain a lot of the, um, funness while still being satirical and having a lot to say. Yeah. Um, so, and I hope the series goes on. I do. Um, I'm sure he will keep going. And he's, you know, I wanted to go in every which direction, but it's it was an interesting, like, <sighs> kind of like what I said, like with Halloween Kills, where it was like the epitome of a movie that represented to me what people think horror is. Yeah. Um, with this one, it's like a different direction, but it's that same like, oh, I'll be really uncomfortable if, if horror moves more in this trend because it, it's it's less than my escape because <laughs> yes. this is not an escape at all. Um, all right, so then on Halloween, wanted to do just throw something on while I was cooking. I wanted something very seasonal. So movie I haven't watched in a while, the original Children of the Corn. I've never actually seen it. <gasps> no kidding. I- ah weird right that is weird that shocks me um it is one of my favorite really flawed movies it's it's, like it has a lot going for it and it has a lot going against it overall not great um you can see so many cases where budget ran out um the last like 20 minutes of the movie just don't go in any direction they should Mm -hmm. but there's some great things in this movie the the aesthetic the the soundtrack the the scary children singing um the, i mean this move this has a lot of creepy crayon drawings i love a good creepy crayon drawing i'm i'm a mark for this one uh you should watch it someday you really should have you seen any children of the corn um no oh man if I hated us, I would I would insist <laughs> that like we do a series where we go through the entire franchise because there's like twelve of them. There are a lot there's of them. So I, of I do them. know that. Yeah, I have seen the first five and then like one or two later, but um, it is not a franchise where I like the the first three are actually fun horror films in different ways. Yeah, uh, but it, yeah, you should you should still watch the original one day. Okay. All right. And then last film I have on my list was a rewatch of one, but I wanted to throw it out there um, because I got to guest star in a podcast and talk about it. <gasps> and this was William Malone's Parasomnia. 
Yes, mm-hmm. I did know this. Yeah. And I was on the Reanimates podcast, which is a podcast that is all about Jeffrey Combs movies and TV shows. Mm-hmm. So this was the one I did. Um, it was a lovely discussion. I recommend people go out and check that out. Uh, I will say, though, on second watch, Parasomnia, not as good as my first watch. Really? So, a little disappointing, but, but yeah, still still worth watching once, I think, out there, if you haven't seen it. Because it's visually really interesting and it does, does cool things, but... Also a little problematic in a lot of different ways. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, now I have TV, but we're running low on time. Do you want to keep going or save TV for another day? We can save TV for another day. Right. Unless you have you have one big one that you want to mention? I have one big one because I'm really curious if you did it. Did okay. you uh, continue on the Mike Flanagan train with Midnight Mass? I did. I finished it. Oh, good. So let's talk about Midnight Mass. Um, I, I liked it. I did, too. I really liked it. My husband did not. Didn't, yeah. No, no. Why? Why do you think that is? Um. So it was funny because we were, wa- we, as we were watching it, and we were a couple episodes in, and I think we got to episode five, which big thing happens in episode five. My favorite episode, definitely. And it ends, and I was like, ooh, yeah. Like, I looked at him, I'm like, oh, it's a great episode. And he didn't say anything. <laughs> like, later the next day, I'm like, oh, so we haven't talked about it. Are you enjoying Midnight Mass? He's like, why don't we talk about it when it's over? I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, all right. Okay. Um, and it ended, and for him, I think he just found it a few things. I think part of it was he just found it really unpleasant. Uh, he, he hated the Bev um, character in such a way that he didn't find, like – it made it not fun for him to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I have heard a lot of, like, it's a show that I could say, like, this wasn't a perfect seven episodes of TV. I can agree with some of the complaints about the monologuing. Yeah, I, yes, I, I agree and understand mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I, I think there could have been a little more discipline in some key parts for that. I think... I did have a problem with, and I guess we'll spoil a little bit now. So like, we're both recommending it if you haven't watched it. I loved that I didn't know anything about it, that it was a completely original property. So I was, so none of us knew, you know, you don't know until spoiler alert, episode three, that it's a vampire story. And I loved that. Um, And the whole like idea that to me, this was his play on Salem's lot. Like this felt like he was doing a Stephen King miniseries that wasn't based on a Stephen King property. And that works for me. Um, I thought the stuff with um, Zach Guilford's character, I loved it. I loved his arc. I thought as a story of an alcoholic kind of finding grace in life, I thought that was beautiful. Um, the, I think the, the, what bothered me was, I guess the monologuing. I love Alex Esso. We've talked about Alex Esso and how much I want her to have a bigger career. I hated the choice of casting her in that part. Um, I'm going to agree with you. Yeah, because from um, that first episode, you're like, what? We, what's going on here? I, I, so it's, it's funny to me because I feel like we agree across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what worked, worked really well. And what then I didn't find worked um, was hard for me to stay in because of mm. like I, I agree with you. There was a couple a couple casting things that didn't work for me. What else didn't work for you? I didn't like uh Kate Seagal. Mm-hmm. I, I but like I like her. I yeah. just didn't like her in this part and I found I found his story which ends 
to be much more interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't find, it wasn't, I think, her as an actor that bothered me. It was that character was not nearly as structured or thought out. Because I don't, like, I understand her personal arc of, right, you know, left hand, which didn't, I'm like, wait, she left when she was 16? Like, that didn't make sense to me. Um, yes. Goes and gets married, abusive, all this, comes home. Um, but the whole, how in charge is she here? There, There is a moment in the last episode or second to last episode when, when like, she has the chance to leave and she's like, no, I, there are a lot of people I love still on this island. And I pause because I'm like, who? We haven't seen, the only person we've seen her talk to or connect with is Zach Guilford, who just came back. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was such an odd, like, I, I liked that they wanted to make her, like, the surprise hero in a way. Yes. But. I don't think it was set up. It wasn't, no, no, I agree. Like, it, I like, I like that too. Obviously, of course we like that. That's great. But I don't feel like they laid the groundwork for that. It was very confusing to understand a little bit of, like, I got well, she, well, why she was back home. Like, that all made sense to me. Um, the weight of her losing the baby and then being, like, figuring out, oh, you basically killed my baby. Like, all of this. Okay, th- this is working. But there were other things that didn't. And, like, her being the only teacher on this island and the scene where they're at the school and there's a, you know, they're, they're um, t- like, protesting, like, Bev having slipped Bibles and the thing. And, like, does she just, like, leave? Because she's like, oh, I had to get out of there. Wait, aren't you in charge of this situation? Like, yeah. It was just, it was not, like, I, I, I needed, like, almost like a side story of just seeing her day, her day to understand a little bit more of exactly who she was on this island, if you mm-hmm. will. I can agree with that. Yeah. Um... Yeah, um, I mean, I I liked the ending. Like, I I thought that was a neat, just tragic, but not. Like, I I liked the, because I've seen people complain of like, oh, it's kind of Christian in the end. Like, no, it's really not. Like, this is, this can, is one of those stories I think that can, you could read it as pro-faith or anti-faith. Either way works. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately it is, there is nothing religious about what's going on it is being explained as being religious but you but it's really not it's demonic i think they could have pushed a little more with um the way annabeth gish's character is like well this is a contagion this is this like would have been cooler if they leaned a little bit more into that because then you could have made it more of a universal like see it it's you know it's not just biblical scholarly faith because i think they tried to plant things out there like when um the sheriff kind of occasionally like working in like oh here we have this in our muslim teachings as well i wish they'd like pushed a little harder in making the actual demon not so associated with kind of a christian type story um because i think it would have been neater if if it if you were able to look at it more and say well this really had nothing to do with the fact that he was a priest and yeah, I think it did. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I don't think it did, but I don't think the show pushed hard enough on that. Um, yeah, but like I enjoyed it. Like I was satisfied after each episode, and I didn't know where it was going. I I did enjoy it. I didn't. I didn't find it to be the revelation that other people mm-hmm. did. Yeah, which is fine. Not everything needs to be that for everybody. But I I did want to finish it and continue through, and that's more than I can say for some 
stuff I've sure. watched recently. Like I, I appreciated what it was doing. I thought it was doing it well. Um, Hamish is beautiful and wonderful. So good. And it's just fantastic. Yeah. And it's really great that people are like, I'm so excited for his career after yeah. this. Because I think, he, I mean, he really did. If there was one winner from the show, it was him in terms of anybody watching it and saying like, oh, who's, you know, what do you think of with this show now? And I really hope he's like, I hope, you know, you know what? He should be like the next Marvel villain just to get a giant paycheck. And then he can do whatever the fuck he wants. That's the yeah. world I want for him. He showed up. He was in the stand for five seconds. And I was like, was oh, yeah. Some guy that's keeping James uh, Marsden in a in, in the cage in the in the facility at the beginning. Oh yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, here we go. Let's <laughs> do. Oh, and he's like in two scenes. Yeah. And I, and I was like, why do people do this? And then this <laughs> happened, and I was like, oh good. Yes, yes. <laughs> like as much as the monologuing occasionally doesn't work, like every time he's doing it, it works. Yeah, Mike Flanagan. Thanks. Thanks yeah. again. Yeah. Recommend from me. All right. Well, that was everything we've got for now. Oh, wait a minute. No, it's not. Christine wrote a book. Oh, yeah, I did. I wrote a book. Go get the book. Tell everybody where they get the book. Tell everybody the book's name. Well, right as sadly as um, as anti-Amazon as I am, you can get it through Amazon because I am but a single person and, and don't have the ability to publish on multiple platforms. Um, so go buy it on Amazon. It's called The Sound of Breaking Glass. Also, if you know my name, you can just look for my name. I'm the only one who has it. Her um, name, by the way, is Christine Makepeace. Christine Makepeace, that's me. Um, I think it's very good. I enjoy it quite a bit. I'm very proud of it. And I hope you that should. I think so way. too. I'm also going to throw in my husband who did not like many of the shows we talked about today. Also really enjoyed the book. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes, Thanks. he did. He read it. Um, favorite story. What was the name of it again? The, oh, now he's pointing. Now he's going to take the book out and show me. Um, I, I know his favorite, I believe, I think it was the last story. He's <gasps> nodding. The, but I forget the title of it. And your titles are so good, but I cannot remember any title. Well, Who Hung the Moon? Yes. Thank you. That was his favorite. Thanks. I like that one, too. It's wonderful. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. That's yes. very kind of you to say. Tell him I said thanks. I will. Christine says thanks. Okay. I could have done that off air, but what's the fun in no, that? No, I liked it. I yeah. liked it. Yeah. All right, people. Go get the book. Um, We will be... Uh, episodes are going to come your way because it's, you Uh-oh. know, the holidays. What's that? Do I hear sleigh bells? Do I smell baking? Do I um, see my closet suddenly turning red and green? Oh, yes, it is the holidays. Uh, so there will be stocking stuffers coming your way. Uh, as a reminder, if you are new to the show, Christine, describe stocking stuffers to the people. <sighs> December is a magical time in which um, <laughs> Emily records 150 episodes about Christmas movies. Um, sometimes she does it alone. Sometimes she brings special guests. Sometimes I'm there. Yay! But uh, And it's varying degrees of quality. Uh, very much christmas holiday style movies um any plans anything you want to divulge um yeah i'll throw out a few because there's some like big um i mean there there's some you know the big ones of the year we, we talked earlier off air princess switch three <laughs> yep. it's coming it's happening you're gonna hear us talk about it uh there is the one that i will start with so that episode will be released probably after thanksgiving the one i watched today is um 
next stop Christmas, which is a back to it's it's pretending to be Back to the Future ish. It's not, except it has Christopher Lloyd and Leia Thompson. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a one um, with Bruce Campbell that's out there. So we're gonna watch that one. Oh, I've heard of. Uh-huh. I heard about this one. Yeah, uh, and I know at least one more is going to be. Actually, I haven't decided yet because there's <laughs> the Food Network produced one this year. And I'm going to tell you, I've been watching a lot of Food Network this year, but I don't know if it's actually airing there, if it's on Discovery Plus. So we'll see if we get to that one. I don't know. Who can say? It's it, you know, I, I start every every holiday season with big lofty plans. They don't always go well. We'll see what happens this year, but you will get a few of them. So be warned. Yes. All right. And in the meantime, remember, um, The Sound of Breaking Glass is a wonderful stocking stuffer in itself. It fits in a stocking. Yeah. Thank you. It does. Or you can wrap it very nicely and put a bow on it and it goes under a tree. Either way. Sure. Or or under a menorah or whatever it is that people put presents under. Truly, whatever whatever you want to do, I appreciate any and all... uh support (laughs) good good you deserve it all right people um those who celebrate it which is probably anyone in the states happy thanksgiving and everybody else happy november we will be back soon yep goodbye